0: Hi ladies, so um, I think you can see me over this, right? (laughs) Um, So for those of you that don't know me, um, like Yvonne said, um, I've been at Calvary Chapel for 17 years, Uh, Keith and I have been married for 26, I have four children, Um, Julia is 22 and she just moved out and started her career. Sabrina is 19 and going to Grand Canyon University. Anthony is 15 and Nicholas is 13. I have homeschooled all my children. So I've taught for a number of years, but mostly children. (laughs) So I'm a little nervous um, because usually when I'm teaching children, they don't have a choice but to listen to me. So (laughs) this is a little different, Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to be able to share the word. Um, I've been praying a lot. Um, An amazing Bible teacher I know once said, sometimes you have to do things scared. So I'm here. Um, When Denise asked me to pick about what I wanted to speak about, um, I kind of figured fervent was it, but I I prayed about it more. And then I talked to Denise and told her all the reasons why I shouldn't be talking. (laughs) And then she lovingly encouraged me. So, um, I decided on fervent. And the funny thing is that when I told my mom, she responded with, Oh yeah, that's totally you. I don't know if that's good or bad, but (laughs) we'll see. Um, so first I want to pray over what, um, I'm going to be teaching and ask the Lord to speak through us, through me. And, um, then we'll begin. Okay. Um, Lord, I do just want to lift up this study to you, Lord. And I pray that um, you would fill me, Lord, that I would be emptied of myself and that your spirit would speak through to each woman here um, and women uh, who watch the study online. I just pray that you would speak to each of them um, personally, Lord, um, because you know what each woman needs, Lord. And we just thank you for your holy, um, precious, supernatural word, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, okay, so be fervent in spirit, love, and prayer is our study today, and I actually am not going in order of spirit, love, and prayer, so just so you're aware, but I like to take notes, so I need to know that one when, when I'm over there. <laughs> but, so um, first, we're going to look at the definition of fervent. So to be fervent is having or displaying a passionate intensity. Um, An archaic definition of it is hot, burning, glowing, boiling, a flame. One of my favorite resources to use in Bible study is the Matthew Henry commentary online. And it's so awesome that it's online now. And I don't have to go to my bookcase and get that big giant book that I (laughs) used to have to get. Um, So Matthew Henry tells us that up to this point in Romans, Paul has explained our justification by faith the riches of free grace and all, that the, all the assurances we have of His glory. So because of all these things that, that the Lord has already done, Paul exhorts us in Romans 12:11, to be fervent in the spirit, not lagging in diligence, serving the Lord. And diligence speaks of careful and persistent work or effort. Now I can be really fervent about things. I'm Italian, so passion's in my blood, right? Uh, When I get all excited, I'm not only fervent on the inside, but you can physically see my passion. Like my hands flail, I get up out of my seat and I act out my stories. Uh, My voice gets really loud, Um, it's crazy, and many times my husband's told me to stop yelling at him. (laughs) Not the argument kind of yelling, but the crazy Italian talking yelling. So I'm passionate about food, homeschooling. I've done it for 17 years. I have five more to go. I'm passionate about a baby's right to life. I'm super passionate about these really awesomely comfortable shoes (laughs) that I've worn traveling all over, and I literally tell complete strangers about them. But for all these things that we can be passionate about, important or unimportant Joking or not, (laughs) our holy God tells us to be fervent or passionate in spirit. Are you fervent in spirit? I've had to ask myself that over the last few months. How do I be fervent in spirit? To be honest, when I look at this verse on its own and I think of my abilities, I get a little scared because I feel inadequate. And that is a beautiful mystery of our good loving Father God, the God who promises in Philippians one, six, that he who has begun a good work will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He who has begun a good work will complete it. The key here is that the big work is the work of the Spirit, not us. John four twenty six tells us the helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and make you remember all that I have told you. Paul did exhort us to be diligent. And I believe that diligence, or persistent effort, um, of being in the word of God, is what contributes to our growing relationship with the Lord and our openness to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. The message version of Romans twelve eleven says... Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. For those of you who already have a relationship with the Lord, you know that the very moment you asked Jesus to be your Savior, you invited him to take residence in your heart through the Holy Spirit. Paul asks us in 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You have the power of the living God inside of you, available for you to live in the will of God fervently, to fuel you and make you a flame. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your savior, you do not have this amazing resource, the power of the creator of the universe. I would encourage you to ask the friend you came with or any of the ladies you see working to put this Bible study together or me, and we will be so happy to answer any questions you have and to pray with you, too, so that you can share in this amazing resource. The word of God is our fuel. In Matthew 4, 4, God told us, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I know most of you have heard this before, but how can we practically make this happen? Everyone here is in a different stage of life. I remember when my kids were little, and carving out a quiet time was completely a joke. <laughs> it was really hard. But I've seen some of you on Instagram having your not-so-quiet time while your babies toddle around near you in your living room, so I know it's not impossible. And quiet time maybe isn't the, a good description of what's happening there, but it is pleasing to the Lord nonetheless. Um, In Hosea 6.6, God says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. God wants us to know him intimately so that we can emulate him and his love to those around us. So I'm going to challenge you all today to make the reading of God's word a daily commitment. For some of you, That may mean just taping some Bible verses to your bathroom mirror that you can read and ponder or memorize while you brush your teeth every morning. It's that simple. God's word is supernatural. I fully believe that you literally could live a full life with one verse if that's all that you had, if you studied it. But we have so much more available to us. I think most everyone can follow a one-year Bible reading plan and read at least the proverb from it each day. Um, You can get Debbie Bryson's book called Wisdom for Women, which is a great devotional on the Proverbs. Um, You don't have to have a one-year Bible, but they're super convenient. I've got one right here. Love this little thing. Oh, Oops, that's my water. Um, and I can color in it if I if I have time, which I don't always, thank you. Um, but you don't even, I think these are in our, our bookstore, but you don't even have to have this because the one-year Bible reading plan is online and you could get that and use your own Bible. And also, many Bibles have reading plans in their index, so you can even go by that. Um, and I know that, We hear this all the time in our women's studies, but it's because our women's ministry leaders love God and they love us and they teach us what God's word says without apology. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need, including the time to get everything you're facing done for that day that you take a bit of time to read his word. Um, About six years ago, a friend of mine invited me to to do a one-year Bible verse exchange with her and a couple of other friends, and the rules were that we had to commit to read the one-year Bible, and we were to pick one to two verses from each reading, which is Old Testament, New Testament, uh, Psalms, and Proverbs, and text them to each other. I like it so much that I actually have other groups, too, that I do this with, and They don't all read the one-year Bible. Um, Some send me their devotions or whatever study they're currently going through. I love it. Some mornings I read them all. Sometimes I barely get to read one. Um, And sometimes uh, I've written my verses in a journal and taken a picture of that and sent it. Right now I'm writing them in my um, margin of my Bible and taking a picture of that and sending it. Some of my friends read online and they copy and paste their online reading to me. I have truly treasured this exercise because I always have an encouragement to look at throughout the day, no matter what I'm doing. It's amazing how my perspective has changed when I'm waiting in a really long line at the grocery store and it's for no apparent reason. <laughs> and then I check my phone and I see my text, and oh, and I look at a couple of the verses and then it just washes all over me. And I have no excuse to be annoyed. (laughs) So one of the best things about this has been that it's created a habit in, in me and a desire in me, a daily fervency that I did not create. I merely opened a Bible, copied verses, snapped a picture, and sent it off. But this became a daily habit that now I crave. Sometimes I miss a morning and I think about it all day. But another great thing about doing this is that when I do miss a day, someone else hasn't. And so I can read their verses sent to me. In my daily life, when I'm being bombarded all day long with lies from the enemy, I have God's words right at my fingertips so that I can read his promises and be reminded of what is true. In Philippians 4.8, we read, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Isaiah 55 11 says, It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. I encourage you ladies to find some women maybe in this room today and begin an exchange with each other. Keep your group small, I would say. Um, I think the one-year Bible is a great place to start, but you can do it any way that works for you. Um, Just remember that it's about God's word, so keep it to Bible verses. And even if you're going through a Bible study with others, choose to text each other the Bible verses that stood out to you that day. Keep it simple and true. Stick to God's word. And one last suggestion is, if you're starting a one-year Bible reading plan... Do not get tripped up on catching up. If you miss a day or more, forget it and move on. Just go on to the the current day. You will get to it next year. You just have to let it go. Um, Pastor Rob quoted Pastor Chuck Smith a couple weeks ago when he said, When you find yourself in a place where you don't know what's going on, fall back on what you do now. What we do know is that God's word is true more than anything else in this world. The last, I'm sorry, Psalm 119, 160 tells us the very essence of your words is truth. Um, the last year has been a difficult year for me, um, but one thing I heard loud and clear from the Lord was this verse. It's from Deuteronomy 4.9, and it says, watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live, and be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. It was such a strong warning for me that I wrote it everywhere, and I thought about it all day long. In my darkest times, I felt as though I was fighting my own mind with this verse, and my prayer was sometimes literally as simple as Watch out, Gina. Be careful not to forget what you have seen. Lord, please remind me and show me what I have seen. By this time, my habit of reading God's word had become a regular part of my day, but now it was the most necessary part of my day, and what blessings have come from that. He has shown me the things that I have seen throughout his word. He loves me, he loved me before I loved him, and he loves me in spite of myself. I can tell him what I really think, which is not always right and true, and he lovingly corrects my thoughts with his word. I love this version of Philippians 4, 6 through 7 in the message. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. When we read God's word and pray, we are promised peace. James 5.16 says, The affectant, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Amplified Bible says the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. So to be clear, the righteous man or woman is simply a believer in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are righteous because of what Christ did on the cross, because he took our place. I'll never forget what John Corson called it so many years ago. He called it the great switcheroo. <laughs> so if you've ever, if you haven't seen that, you can look it up online because he it's still being uh, streamed online. Um. I recently checked it, so you can check that out. Um, John fifteen three tells us, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So again, James five sixteen calls us to passionate prayer, which seems like work, but he provides what we need yet again to fulfill his purpose. He provides the righteousness. He just asks us to obey and be available for prayer, to be available to be cleansed and used by him. I actually really enjoy praying with and for people, but I'll tell you a little secret that won't be a secret anymore. Every Sunday that I'm scheduled to be available up front for prayer, I have this little struggle inside me that starts when I wake up in the morning. First, I start hearing all these lies from the enemy, accusing me of all the ways I failed throughout the week or even that morning. And who do I think I am that I can stand up front and be available to pray for someone in our fellowship who needs serious prayer from a person who can actually effectively pray for them? Who do I think I am that I can approach the throne room of God? But God's word tells me in 1 Corinthians 130 that God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God, he made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. Hebrews 4:16 tells us that we can come boldly to the throne room of our gracious gracious God. And so I show up I stand up front. I wait for someone to pray for. I ask the Lord for his word while I'm standing there. And every single time that any of you has come up for prayer, when we're all done and you walk away, I am seriously the one that is so blessed I can't even really explain it. It's a blessing I don't expect to affect me because I'm praying for someone else. But there's something special about coming alongside another saint and petitioning for them. It's an intimate act that allows us to bear each other's burdens and share in the joy of the blessings when the prayers are answered. And it binds the family of God together. And it's one of the reasons why the Lord warns us in Hebrews 10, 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Our prayers are so powerful. I read a book by Mark Batterson called The Circle Maker a few years ago, and he suggested that our powers are so powerful through Christ because our prayers outlive us. He says that our prayers bear fruit forever. While we may pass on, our prayers during our lifetimes can still have an effect on the future generations. It's amazing to think, right? We all have a desire to leave a legacy, and we all can leave a legacy through our prayers. My second challenge to you, there's, there's a few challenges here today, <laughs> my second challenge to you is to make prayer a priority in your life. If you need or want accountability, I would encourage you to ask a friend to be your prayer partner. I have a friend named Sandy, um, and we've prayed a lot together over the years. We homeschooled together, and we've uh, been through celebrations and heartaches together. We haven't been doing this as regularly recently, but when the kids were young, we made a commitment to pray with each other three times a week. As homeschool moms of young children, I have to say it was difficult to find a good time. Um, But after some trial and error, we decided to wake up before everyone else in the house, and we made strict rules for our time. We had about five to 10 minutes of talking about what we needed prayer for or if there was a praise report. And then we got right to praying. And I think it took us about 30 minutes total each time. Um, It was a great blessing to me and I'm sure to her also. And so I would encourage you all to um, try to find somebody that you can pray with. Um, But my warning is to set time boundaries because you could spend 30 minutes talking on the phone and then never get around to praying. So set your boundaries. In addition to prayer with the saints, it is also very important to have special time with the Lord alone. Psalm 62.8 says, "O oh my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him for God is our refuge. A few years back, I watched that movie, The War Room. Did you guys see that? <laughs> I loved it. And I was so, it was so inspiring that I went home and I pinned index cards with Bible verses on the wall in my closet. And sometimes I plot myself down on my bottom in the middle of my closet and I push my clothes aside. <laughs> and I have my list of um, Verses and I start my prayer time by reading my verses um, psalm sixty nine sixteen says "Answer my prayers, O Lord, for your unfailing love is wonderful. Take care of me for your mercy is plentiful luke five sixteen Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. If the Son of God did that, we need to do that more. Luke 5, I'm sorry, I just read that. <laughs> Psalm 65 5, you, you faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds, O God our Savior. 2 Corinthians 1, 10 and 11, we have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us and you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. These are just some of the verses in my closet, and you may have others that you treasure. I encourage you to make a memorial of sorts to the Lord. Um, do not forget the things which you have seen. Keep a reminder of God's promises around you. These reminders will bring you into true worship of the Lord and a mindset of prayer. One of my most favorite books um, is this for prayer is this book... Um, called Praying for Your Husband by Head to t- from Head to Toe. It's by Sharon Janes. If anybody wants to check it out, you can. Um, I really like it because it's 30 days of prayers and it's set up so you read a Bible verse and then you pray over your husband through that Bible verse and you just insert his name. And it's amazing because I don't, i don 't want one more book that explains to me what the perfect uh, biblical husband is supposed to look like, so that I can be, so that the enemy can use that to, <laughs> to shoot darts at me and you know be annoyed because i 'm comparing him i don 't want to do that what i want, what I love about this is i 'm praying for him to be the man of God that God calls him to be, and I use these also to pray for my children, a lot of them so um It's, I just, I just love that. Um, so, but you don't even have need to have an extra book to do this because you can use your Bible verses that you choose from your reading each day and you can pray those scriptures over people in your lives. God is so good that he provides again, once again, all we need when he calls us, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. So our last portion of this be fervent study is be fervent in love. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. That's 1 Peter 4, 8. The amplified version adds... It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. So that seems really hard for me. I mean, for real, overlook unkindness and unselfishly seek the best for others. I'm just being honest because that means to seek the best for someone else who may have been a big jerk, but not expect anything for it. Not a thank you, not even a smile of recognition. (laughs) And I'm just saying I can't. Um, but hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> I'm not expected to do this on my own. I was given a helper the moment I asked Jesus to be my king. Jesus says in John 4, 6, 14, 16, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. John fourteen twenty six says... But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So God has sent the helper, the Holy Spirit, to abide in me and in you forever. And Galatians 5.22 through 25 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Matthew Henry says this about the fruit of the Spirit. It is not enough that we cease to do evil, but we must learn to do well. Our Christianity obliges us not only to die unto sin, but to live unto righteousness, not only to oppose the works of the flesh, but to bring forth the fruits of the spirit too. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. That is, if we profess to have received the spirit of Christ, let us make it appear by the proper fruits of the spirit in our lives. The spirit of Christ is a privilege Bestowed on all the children of God. Now, says he, if we profess to be of this number and have obtained this privilege, let us show it by a temper and behavior agreeable. Let us evidence our good principles by good practices. Ladies, if we are reading God's word on a daily basis and we are daily lifting up others in prayer, we cannot help but be affected and to begin to have a perspective that is more and more like that of the Lord. Isaiah 55:11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. In Ephesians 4:23 through 24, Paul tells us, Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So in this verse, there are a couple of verbs that stick out to me like let and put on the definition is to of let is to permit or allow the definition of put on is to urge motion. We cannot by our own human resources, change our thoughts and attitudes to be more Christ-like. I cannot will myself to be nicer, to be more patient, to be loving to the unlovable. If I try to do it in my own strength, I will eventually fail. (laughs) Uh, I have another confession to make. Um, I do tend to be fervent about things, (laughs) but if I do not let the spirit renew me, I will still fail. This year, I had to learn how to let because doing all the right things was not cutting it. I was reading every day because, like I said, I craved it. I was pretending to pray. I was praying for others. (laughs) But what I had absolutely refused to do is talk to God. I was disappointed and really just shredded. And the reason is unimportant because I know that we all face trials and or we will face trials in this fallen world. So we each have or will have something that cuts deep for us. Most days I felt as though my very breath was being taken from me. I didn't want to face the fact and to openly admit to the creator who, by the way, already knows my struggles, that I was angry disappointed, and ultimately unsure of his love for me. But if we permit the Spirit to renew our thoughts and attitudes, if we, if we allow it, it's my choice and it's your choice because our God doesn't force himself on anyone. If we allow the power of the Holy Spirit to work in us, he will give us more than we can think to ask. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. I literally had to go back to the beginning this year. I asked the Lord to show me he loves me and to explain his love to me. Going back to Ephesians 4.24, the Lord calls us to put on or urge to motion our new nature. I read his word I was honest with the Lord about how I felt about what I was reading. And I prayed that he would open my eyes to see his truth. My feelings began to be transformed and corrected by his truths. I also surrounded myself with things that are true. I listened to worship music all day long. It's amazing the songs that I was introduced to by Pastor Rob And um, by our worship leader during this time. They were definitely from the Lord, and I felt so special to the Lord for giving me these songs. It was like he was singing his love to me. I listened to the warning that I spoke of earlier from Deuteronomy 4.9, and I wrote lists of miracles, big and small, that the Lord has done in my life, and he's done some very big things. The things which I myself have seen, I wrote down. I sought counsel from friends who I knew would direct me back to the Lord and the word of God and friends who would lift me up in prayer. I did what I know, which led me to let or allow the spirit to work. With the Holy Spirit abiding in us, we do have the resources to live a life becoming of a Christian, fervent in spirit, love, and prayer. We have the love of God living inside of us. When we seek God and let him work in us, he gives us all things exceedingly abundantly more than what we ask, including love for others. These three, spirit, love, and prayer, they are all connected in the life of a Christ follower, and fervency is fueled by the spirit of god while our diligence opens us up to his continual work in us for we are his workmanship paul tells us in ephesians 2:10 for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them pastor rob explains in his book longings of the soul the lord refers to you as his workmanship his masterpiece in the making And he wants you to believe that and to walk in it. His desire is for you to step into the moments he places before you on a regular basis. Moments that he preordained for you from the beginning of time. Be Jesus to someone who needs to see him in a tangible way through your life. My third and final challenge to you today is this. And you guys have a lot of time between now and January. So (laughs) don't get scared by the homework. (laughs) Be fervent and be Jesus to someone who needs to see him in a tangible way today. I'm asking you to be intentional about this. It can be as simple as looking the checker at the grocery store in the eyes and greeting him or her with a warm smile, as Jesus would. It can be as difficult as not responding to something hurtful when you are totally justified in doing so, but covering it in love. In closing, I want to pray scripture over you from Ephesians three sixteen through 18. So if everybody bows their heads, <laughs> um, Calvary Chapel Vista women, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in each and every one of you and each and every one of your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's daughters should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is for every woman here. Amen.